Hello. Hello. Welcome to King's Arms Church Online. It's so good to be together. And we're especially excited, aren't we? Because the lockdown rules change tomorrow. Yay. We can come in houses and have dinner parties and all sorts like that. So we should probably just start turning up on people's doorsteps and we'll actually get invited in, won't we? We're coming to your house. We're coming for you. So I don't know if you remember the days where we used to turn up in the thousands and go camping and have amazing festivals, meeting with Jesus. And well, that might still not be able to happen, but we do have an amazing Catalyst Festival happening on the last weekend in May. And watch this video to find out more. You are invited. You are all invited. You're invited. God is on the move around the world, even in the midst of what has for many of us been one of the hardest years of our lives. There are stories of amazing breakthroughs, of the gospel coming to unreached peoples, of churches being planted, of creativity, of innovation being kindled, and lives being transformed. We want to celebrate that together. Catalyst is a global family of churches and this moment gives us an opportunity to celebrate what God is doing together with brothers and sisters from right around the world through our first ever Catalyst Festival Online. It's going to be from the 28th to 30th of May 2021. We're going to have four sessions together on Friday and Saturday and Sunday evenings, as well as a Sunday morning session. We've got a 24-7 global prayer room with people from around the world leading us into God's presence, plus moments for the kids and youth to connect. There's going to be arts, there's going to be creativity and gatherings for leaders. In this year where we've been cut off from so much of what we love, come and connect with a truly worldwide celebration of how God is building his kingdom throughout the nations. You're invited. Tun David Vadzes. Sen davetlisin. Vous êtes tous invités. Yesteşte zaproshayni. Etonu teynay mukaytay. You're invited. You are all invited. Shoma davetlisin. Du bist herzlich eingeladen. Und du madawin. La khatsma vayafi. That was such a great video, loved it. Quite groovy music going on there, wasn't it? And I loved all the different languages. Hopefully you got the message that you are invited. We're invited to join in the Catalyst Festival, which is happening the last weekend in May. Get yourselves booked in. So on that note, we would like to invite you to a watch party on the 30th of May to come and watch Catalyst Festival on that weekend together. And so on our Sunday morning, on the 30th, we're going to be gathering controversially not at 9.30 and not at 11.30, but at 11 a.m. in the morning on Sunday the 30th, we are going to be watching a live stream together of the Catalyst Festival. And so you can book into our in-person meeting all the usual ways uh, on our website if you want to come to the in-person watch party uh, that I'll be hosting. And we'd love to see you there. Um, If you can't make the in-person meeting, then you can go direct to the catalystnetwork.org site uh, forward slash festival 
and you can book yourself in and you can watch at home online. There'll be no raw uh, church meetings that particular morning because we all want to hook into the Catalyst Festival. And it's going to be amazing time of celebrating what God's doing all over the world. Time to worship, time to pray and just hear stories of what God's doing. So we'd love to invite you to join us on the 30th. Yeah, it's going to be great. And there's stuff for kids and youth as well. So again, get on there, have a little look what's going on and get signed up. But for now, let's worship Jesus. That's why we're here. We love him, don't we? Just yeah. want to encourage you right from your home. Go for it. Worship Jesus. He's our King and our Lord and our Saviour. And we love him, don't we? So Andy, why don't you take it away? No other God can be called a father. No other God can be called a friend. No other God can be called redeemer. No other God's coming back again. No, no other God can be called a Father, no other God can be called a friend, no other God can be called Redeemer, no other God's coming back again, and how we love your name, Jesus, you're the beautiful one. We love your name And how we love your name Jesus, you're the beautiful one We love your name Oh, how we love your name No other God can be called a father. No other God can be called a friend. No other God can be called redeemer. No other God's coming back again. And how we love your name. You're the beautiful one We love your name And how we love your name Jesus, you're the beautiful one We love your name And how we love you King of kings How we love you of your holy name 
You came and brought us into the reign of grace. We love the fragrance, we love the fragrance of your holy name. You came and brought us into the reign of grace. We love the fragrance of your holy name. You came and brought us into the reign of grace. We sing glory to the righteous one. We sing glory to
When death claimed its victory The king of love given up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake and the veil was torn What sacrifice was made In the heavens Confess that he is Lord 
Lift up your shout. Let us join with all of heaven singing holy. And let every knee bow before the King of kings. Let every tongue confess that he is Lord. Lift up your shout. Let us join with all of heaven singing. I can't get enough 
Lord, we just worship you together today. We thank you so much that you are present with us. Lord, your word says that you are our ever-present help in moments of trouble. And just encourages we just land this time of worship. Just take a moment to breathe deeply and just to thank God that he has got you and that it doesn't depend on you, but your father is for you. And scripture says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? And that means that the pressure's off. Um, Someone once said that uh, we find our rest and we find our rest in God alone. And so I just pray for you right now that in this moment of your life, you would find rest, not by the things that you do, but by the father who loves you. Mm. He's got you. He's got a great plan for your life. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. His grace is going to follow you all the days of your life. There's nowhere that you can flee from the presence of your Father. He's got it. He's got it. Lord, I just pray. I pray for just a ceasing to striving, Mm. a ceasing to drivenness, a ceasing to feeling like we need to make things happen and rely on our own resources. God, today we just lean in to your Holy Spirit and we just say, come and fill us again. Fill us again with just an awareness of your nearness, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just pray today that you'd be filled again to all the measure of the fullness of God. Mm. And we just bless you in the name of Jesus. We just speak the peace of God over your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just take a deep breath and just enjoy his presence. So good to worship together. Yeah. Well, listen, part of our worship every week is we uh, love to give. Carol and I give every month by a standing order, but some of you I know give uh, weekly and uh, you like to make use of the opportunity to do that every week. And so you can do that now uh, by going to kingsarms.org forward slash donate. And just thank you so much for just worshipping with your money. Excuse me. Um, And we just so appreciate your generosity. Mm. And so we are going to watch a very, very short video now, uh, which Philby Kellett is going to introduce to us. And she's going to talk about an evening that we're doing soon. It's a health and well-being evening, uh, which is targeted at helping people grapple with some of the pressures of coming out of lockdown. And so let's watch this video together. Hi there. Pastoral team would love to invite you to join us for our next mental health and well-being evening, um, where we are going to be exploring how resilience and faith can work together. Resilience is the mental strength we use to cope with adversity, difficult situations and crises. And this year has really tested our resilience. So we're going to be exploring how God can help us to rebuild our resilience so that we don't just bounce back, but we actually bounce forward into this next season. So we're going to be doing that through some teaching, some time to reflect, some helpful tools. We won't be going into breakout rooms because I don't want anyone to feel put on the spot. And we're just going to have a time of just exploring together. So we'd love you to come and join us. It's on the 25th of May, 7.45 via Zoom. You can sign up on the website or in the e-preview. Looking forward to having you. 
Thank you so much, Philby. Do you know, it's such a great, great and important thing to do. So that's our mental health and well-being evening. It's on the 25th of May, 7.45 to 9pm via Zoom. Sign up on the website, kingsarms.org forward slash wellbeing. Brilliant. Well, we're going to dive into the Word of God together today. And we are in this series called Thrive, which is about coming out of lockdown whole and healthy and how we navigate some of the issues that we may be facing together. And so this week and next week, we have a guest speaker and it's a real privilege to welcome none other than Kate Middleton to speak to us. No, not that Kate Middleton. Uh, Kate is a Christian psychologist and she is incredibly gifted at helping people navigate some of the issues that we all have to face. Things like stress and burnout and feelings of overwhelm, uh, PTSD. She's brilliant and helping to apply psychological principles in a biblical way to help us walk whole and healthy. And so it's a real privilege to hear Kate over the next two weeks. And so I'm going to hand over to her right now. Good morning. It's so great to be with you today and to grab this chance to join you in this fantastic series all about leaving lockdown. Because this is a surprisingly complex time emotionally and particularly because some people are experiencing emotions that they didn't expect. You would think that returning to normal was all about excitement and fun. But actually a lot of people are finding it tough. So this week and next, I want to talk about two key things and just unpack a little bit about why this can be so difficult. And today I want to talk to you about an ancient story from the Old Testament. It's a moment in the life of one of the major prophets called Elijah. And it's full of wisdom that really resonates in this time with how many of us are feeling right now. You can read the backstory in 1 Kings 18 and Elijah is at the peak of his ministry and he's just pulled off this amazing dramatic victory moment on top of a mountain when he was challenging hundreds of prophets from a rival religion and they were baying and whooping and shouting and doing their best to intimidate him. But Elijah has held his ground and he's called down the power of God and he's defeated them. He should be feeling like a superhero. This should be one of his success story moments. But the thing is, Elijah isn't a superhero. He's just a human being. All of us are. And Elijah is tired. You see, we think stress is about distress, but actually stress is anything that requires something of your mind or your body that asks you to act or react, that increases demand. And Elijah has had a really full on couple of days. And at the start of chapter 19, we see it's taken a toll because something unexpected happens. Elijah gets the Old Testament equivalent of a really nasty email. It's, it's a letter from a lady called Jezebel and it's threatening him and and it totally floors him. This guy who has just physically faced hundreds of people yelling and shouting at him is is hit by a letter and he freaks out. He flees, he runs to the desert where he ends up sitting on his own telling God he's had enough and he wants to die. I want to talk to you today about overwhelm 
it's something that can hit out of the blue that can have a dramatic impact on your emotional well-being and it's something many of us are wrestling with in this season and there's three reasons why overwhelm is such a challenge right now number one is that our heads are really full. Elijah have been busy, so have we. Anything that increases demand on your mind triggers stress. And pandemic has been about so many changes. You know, even the positive changes right now of a release of restrictions, they mean we have to work out how to do things differently, how to do things we haven't done for a while because our minds have got used to a totally different way of life. The loss of our normal rhythm and routine, that increases demand because your mind is used to using those things so that it doesn't have to think about an awful lot of life. It just gets on with it as normal. And even monotony and loneliness and boredom, they're more stressful than we think because your mind has to work harder than usual to focus, to motivate, to think, how am I going to fill yet another empty day? So everybody's stress baseline has been raised this last year. The second reason that overwhelm is such a problem is about emotions. You know, emotions are high. So much of what we've been dealing with in this season has triggered emotions like anxiety and frustration. But also we've been wrestling with tough stuff around loss. Many people have also experienced bereavement and grief. And in this situation, a lot of the emotion we've been feeling hasn't been able to be resolved. We can't change the situation that's triggering it. So we've had to just work how to manage and hold those emotions, to suppress them, to keep them down, to carry on in spite of them. And that's just more demand for your brain. And, And more than that, a lot of those emotions trigger the same physiological system as your stress system. And and you know, as the baseline rises on that system, we all have a crisis level. That's when your your mind's capacity to deal with yet another thing thrown at you is is literally about to be exceeded. It's it's when the water levels got so high, you're you're about to go under. And when your brain goes into that overwhelmed space, it changes the way it operates because it goes onto a kind of emergency mode. And and it's doing two things then. It's trying to preserve of any remaining capacity it's got because it's literally down to the final little threads. So it's trying to preserve that capacity in case there's another demand, another thing, an emergency that requires something of you. So it switches your thinking brain right down, your analytical brain, your creative mind. The ability to do all those things drops right down. And secondly, your, your brain is trying to get you to bail. It's doing everything it can to get you to retreat, to remove yourself from whatever is causing this relentless demand. So thoughts will start popping into your head like, I can't do this, I can't cope, I've got to get out of here, I've got to escape. And and you feel this horrible sense, this suffocating sense of, of panic, of urgency, like you've got to do something now, it's important to act straight away. So emotions like that, they, they push up our baseline and they push us right to the edge of overwhelm. The third problem, though, is just your brain needs a break. You know, pandemic has gone on for a long time, over a year. And this relentless demand and uncertainty has just gradually been dwindling down our energy and our resources. 
And many of us are noting the impact right now of what psychologists would call cognitive fatigue. You know, your brain is just struggling. It's not operating at its normal level. You're not firing on all cylinders. So many of us are noticing impacts on things like our memory just not working as well as possible. Struggles with those things like focusing your attention, thinking creatively, problem solving, stuff you could normally do with no problem. Your brain is fatigued. And all of this means many of us are living on the edge of overwhelm a lot of the time. And many of us have been doing that for months now. And, and on living on the edge of overwhelm, that's not a comfortable place to be. Because when your baseline is right on the edge of going under, little things feel like big things because they could push you into that space so easily. So things you'd normally deal with without any problem can suddenly trigger quite strong emotional reactions or, or make you feel quite panicked or just feel like you can't cope because they've pushed you into that overwhelmed space, just like what happens to Elijah. You know, the moment of drama has passed, but Elijah hasn't recovered. And this letter pushes him straight into that space. And we see this sudden dramatic, you might say disproportionate, overreaction to something that's happened. He's flooded with panic. He feels like his only choice is to run. His brain is, is pushing him into this instinctive withdrawal. So he's isolated himself. He's on his own. Although luckily God has him covered and sends an angel to look after him. You know, it's so important we recognise moments of overwhelm because in those times when your mind's in emergency mode, things feel stark and bleak, but they're normally not as bad as they feel. When your thinking brain is switched right down, everything starts to feel very binary, like it's either one thing or another, black or white. Now, most of life is is neither. It's sort of grey somewhere in the middle. But when we're overwhelmed, things feel like we're either good or we're bad. We've either succeeded or we failed. People are either for us or against us. And, and because your brain is kind of on hyper alert, it's a bit paranoid, it's much more likely to feel like the negatives of each of those things. So you're already feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and emotional. And you, you can, on the bad days, feel like you're rubbish, you failed at everything, there's no hope and everyone is against you. It's, it's a dark place to be. And we can see this in Elijah's thinking, you know, when he eventually does talk to God, what, what he says to him is that, that they've put all the prophets to death. He says, I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. But, but that isn't actually true. If you look back in 1 Kings 18, Verse four tells us there were actually a hundred or so prophets hiding in caves at that time. There were people he could have connected with. He wasn't on his own, but he felt like he was. And when we're in overwhelm, our minds can take us to some dark places. Elijah just feels like the only choice he's got is to escape. Listen, it's so important we recognise the humanity of this moment and our humanity, which means that we could hit moments just like this so easily. Elijah is an amazing man of God. He's full of power and authority and wisdom. He's got so much potential, but in this moment, 
he just feels like the pressure is too much. No one is designed to live with long-term raised stress. It takes a toll. And, and burnout can happen to any of us when our minds and bodies just become exhausted. And pandemic has pushed so many of us close to that limit. In this moment, with yet another change to manage, we're very aware of those times when we do feel like we've just suddenly been pushed under. And, and let's just pause and be aware of how far that can push us. You know, overwhelm can trigger some extreme and unexpected thoughts. Elijah struggles with suicidal thoughts, and those are much more common than most people realise when you're in this space, when pressure is pushing you beyond your limits. So if you're finding yourself in that place, if you're feeling like you've reached the edge, if you're really struggling, if you're experiencing those thoughts that say things like, I've got to get out of here, I can't handle this. If your brain is pushing you to suicidal thoughts, remember, things are unlikely to be as bad as they feel. Your brain plays tricks on you in those moments. Reach out, get some help. So I just want to share now three practical tips. If you are on the edge of overwhelm, if you know you're inundated, if you know you're exhausted, if you know this is a challenge for you in this season, and maybe it's not got as bad as things did for Elijah, but how do we stop ourselves getting pushed into that space where we feel like we're going under? So number one, watch out for overwhelm. Let's be aware of it. Let's call it out. Let's recognize when we're on the edge of it. Let's try and intervene before it pushes us over the edge. Think about it. If Elijah had realized he was in overwhelm, maybe he would have handled what happened better. Maybe he wouldn't have read the letter until he'd had a bit of a rest. Maybe he'd have taken a day off. We need to recognize when we're on the edge of overwhelm and be careful, realizing that we're human, that it could happen to us. You know, Jesus is such an amazing example of how to do human life really well. This is God in the brain and body that he designed, living without sin, but with the limitations of what it means to be a human, to have physical needs, to have emotional needs. And there's this really great story in Jesus' life where he walks into the temple in Jerusalem and he sees something that makes him really mad. He sees people cheating the vulnerable and poor as they're changing their money. And it's a well-known story because Jesus goes and he turns over the tables of the money changers and he tells them to stop what they're doing. And, he, and he's really furious and he really expresses that clearly. But in Mark's gospel, when Mark tells the story, he includes a really important detail. Jesus actually went into the temple the night before he takes action. Mark 11, 11 says, since it was already late, Jesus went back to Bethany with his friends, with the disciples, and then he came back the next day to deal with it. Why? Well, overwhelm is more likely when you're tired and vulnerable at the end of a busy day, when you've pushed yourself to the limit already, when you don't have many more resources to deal with, when life has already thrown a lot of challenges at you that day. We all have those moments where we think, I'm on the edge right now. So maybe like Jesus, we need to take some good decisions about sometimes not doing things, not pushing it, not having conversations in moments where we're not at our best. 
Be wise, recognize that overwhelm is part of being human and try to operate as much as you can within your limits. You know, in overwhelm, you will feel like now is the time you have to act. You have to send that text now, have that conversation now, make that decision now. That's rarely the case. If you are feeling overwhelmed, take some time, drop your stress level, try not to make any big decisions or actions in those moments. Let's be wise and watch out for overwhelm. Number two then is take a moment. You know, in that story, Jesus recognises his need to relax and refuel and recharge before he responds to the situation. He knows he needs to drop his stress level to be in a better place before he deals with this challenging moment. If you know you're on the edge of overwhelm, try and step in. You know, in the moment, it can be something as simple as just grabbing a cup of tea, getting a breath of fresh air, taking a moment out of a situation, pausing a meeting and saying, let's just take a break, guys. You know, whatever it is, sometimes it's about recognising our physical needs, you know, eating, sleeping. In Elijah's story, he comes at God with a pretty provocative comment about wanting to die. It's like he's trying to draw God into an argument. He is really antsy and he wants to have it out, but God is wise. He doesn't answer in that moment. Instead, he sends the angel to make Elijah rest and eat. And it's like he knows a lot of what Elijah is feeling in that moment is coming from his hunger and his exhaustion. He will feel a lot better when he's dealt with those things. It will be a better conversation after he's taken some time out. Think about longer term as well. You know, if life is throwing a sustained season of stress at you like it has in pandemic, we have to think about rhythms and routines. How do we relax? How do we refuel ourselves? How do we keep going? And it's about escaping whatever the demand is on you. So if the demand is busyness and and relentlessness, find moments of quiet and escape. But if the relentless thing for you is isolation, then getting time out of that will be finding ways you can connect with people and hang out with friends. So think about how you need to change your routine longer term. And the third point, my third top tip is don't go it alone you know, before he goes back to the temple to challenge what he's seen, Jesus spends some time with his friends. And Elijah, you know, it takes some time and quite a journey before he's ready to talk to God. But at the end of the story, he is able to return to the ministry that at the beginning of the story he was done with and couldn't take anymore. But there's one really big difference. God sends him a companion, Elisha. He sends someone to share the load with, to do this with. It seems like Elijah, perhaps in his personality, is a little bit prone to trying to do everything on his own. And God really intentionally says, hey, you need to make some better connections, mate. You were never designed to do this on your own. You know, one of the hardest things about this season has been the the double blow of increased stress and demand and difficult stuff, but also the loss of the people, our friends, our support spaces, our structures that buffer all the rubbish that life is throwing at us, that help us do it, not on our own, but together. And, you know, in the early stages of Elijah's burnout, he's pushed so far. It's like he can't care for himself properly. He needs that angel that God sends to him to help him with the practical stuff, to to make him a dinner, to make sure he sleeps. Friends are so important. 
no matter how amazing or impressive or important you are, you need other people to care for you practically. But also in those overwhelmed moments when it's just too hard to reach out to God or, or pray, you need people who will stand in the gap for you and make that connection for you. You know, many of us need to make some time and space in this season to reconnect with people. Pandemic pulled us apart. Now we need to intentionally draw back together. And, and maybe there's some difficult conversations to have there too, because there may be some hurts to heal. You know, pandemic affected us all in different ways. Some people's friendships didn't respond in the way that they expected them to. And, and that's nobody's fault but we might need to really deliberately heal some of that and restore some of the connections that we used to have to support us. I wanna ask you, do you need an angel right now? Do you need someone to step in for you? Do you need someone who's looking out for you, who prays for you when you're too exhausted to pray yourself? Do you need to ask for help? Some of us like Elijah are less good at that than others. But also, I want to ask, could God be nudging you to be an angel for someone else? You know, in times of pandemic, just like Elijah, people who became overwhelmed instinctively withdrew. They, they disappeared. They dropped off the radar. And in lockdown, in distancing, in a world where we're not seeing people as regularly as we used to, it's so easy for some people just to have disappeared. Who haven't you seen for a long time? Who haven't you heard from? Who's on your mind? Who is God bringing to the front of your mind? Is there someone you need to reach out to this week and say, how are you doing? Are you okay? Could we grab a coffee? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, in this season, let's recognise that a lot of what we're feeling is about normal human reactions to a really abnormal situation. And many of us have been pushed to the limit, maybe even beyond our limits. I want to take a moment to pray. And particularly for people watching who in this moment might be struggling with overwhelm. So if that's you, just take a moment now to pause. Just take a couple of breaths. Recognise that God is with us in this moment. This is a passage from the New Testament. It's from a book called Philippians. It's Philippians 4 and this is the Passion Translation. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offer your requests before God. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. That's what we need when we're overwhelmed, when our human understanding, when our thinking analytical problem-solving brain has been blown to pieces by everything being thrown at us. It's turned right down. We can't process. We can't think clearly. We feel like we're spinning. It's like emotional vertigo. But when your head is spinning, you focus on something that isn't moving, something secure, and that's God. So, Father God, we hold before you in this moment every person watching or listening we hold all their feeling, all their thinking, all their worries, all their responsibilities, all the things they don't know how to do, all the things they've got to go back to that they're feeling overwhelmed by, all the things of this moment that feel like they might push them out of their depth, every detail of their lives. And we speak over those things, your supernatural peace, a peace beyond their own brains, beyond the understanding of their exhausted minds a peace from beyond ourselves, so much bigger 
and better than anything else the world can offer. Father God, guard their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. Kate, thank you so much. That was so good. I love all that you spoke about. I love those principles. And mm. let's be really um, digging deep and um, putting these things into practice as we seek God, because he made us to thrive, yeah. didn't he? He made us to thrive in all different situations and circumstances. And, and that's what we can do with God. Yeah. And if you're watching this and you would say you're not yet a follower of Jesus, there's never been a point where you've made a decision to turn from uh, perhaps the life you're living now to follow Jesus way and to obey him and to become a disciple of Jesus, then uh, we just want to issue you with an invitation to step in. And uh, that's very simple. Uh, Stepping into God's family just looks like this. It looks like repentance which means that we turn away from our old way of living and we put our faith, we put our trust in Jesus and all that he has said and all that he has done at the cross. And uh, God says that when we make that simple decision to repent and put our faith in Christ, in that moment, all of our sins, all of our guilt, all of our shame is removed from us because of what Jesus has done. And we become part of his family and so we'd love to invite you to make that decision and that's something that you can do right there in your own home as you watch these words maybe after you get off this uh this live stream you can just pray in your own home and say jesus i want to start following you and uh, when you have let us know right into king's arms and we would love just to connect you with some people that can help you start that journey of faith And so uh, just as we kind of close uh, today, just as well to let you know that we've got an evangelists summit coming up. Evangelists are particularly gifted to share the gospel with others. And so if you head to uh, kingsarms.org forward slash proclaim, you can read about the proclaim evangelist summit that's coming up in June and you can sign up and we'd really love to see you there. Yeah. But that's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed being here together with us and um, we're looking forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Have a great week. Take care. God bless. Bye. See you later.